0: Back to the Women's Healthy Living Club podcast, also known as the WHLC podcast. I'm your host, Darian, and I'm so excited you're here listening again. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. I have a lot to share, I think. I'm pretty sure I have a lot to share. Um, I just finished my yoga teacher training yesterday. We had a beautiful little graduation celebration, a little potluck, a few kind words, and... uh, it was just a really cool way to tie up the whole program. Um, man, it's three months of giving up my weekends <laughs> and being in a yoga studio for nine hours every Sunday and sa- Saturday and Sunday, pretty much, with a few breaks, a few weekends off in there. But man, it was some real, real patience testing, and it was a lot, a lot for me. Um, I went into the program with a whole lot of background. If you've listened to other podcasts on this, you'll have a bit of understanding where I'm coming from. But i had done a lot of study on my own and like pretty deep study because I was super interested in yoga for my own mental health and peace of mind. And, um, you know, I couldn't afford the teacher training at the time and went really, really deep. And again, listen to the other podcasts for more depth on that. But I went into this teacher training program with a real solid intention of learning more about what it means to foster and cultivate and create community. Um, because I had already studied most of the kind of like the foundational parts of yoga, you know, I knew most of the words that might be new to someone who's never studied yoga before. I'd read most of the books, not most of them, but a couple of them um, already. and you know, my foundational understanding was pretty solid, but a piece that I had, I knew that I was missing, like I kind of went through a teacher training on my own at home by doing all this studying, but I didn't have the group aspect of it. And back when I was a little bit younger and like getting into yoga, I, I just had this idea, this lone wolf idea, this idea that I could do it all on my own and I didn't need anybody's help, but I'm strong enough to basically carry the world on my shoulders so whatever you can come along if you want but fuck if you don't want to that's fine um and now after going through this process with these people it started out with a, like I think 11 people and dropped quick not quickly but it dropped to eight kind of um by surprise to us all each time somebody decided to to step out of the program um so the eight people that stuck it stuck it through to the end like we went through some stuff man we went through some workshops we may have not liked we went through some workshops we loved and felt like we connected um more to each other in and it was just a really fun experience and the things that I learned about community are things I think I already knew but I needed to I needed to be present enough to listen and experience them to be able to make them a practice. And that's one thing, the main thing that I learned about community is that it is a practice. You know, I used to have this idea that to be in community, you would have to basically give up yourself. And in some ways you do have to do that. Um, You have to give up time, you have to give give up energy, you have to give up comfort because, you know, humans are freaking complex as fuck and you just don't know who you're going to meet. Even though you've seen that person Time and time again, you know their name, you know their face, you know most of their story, you don't know who you're meeting every time you come into contact with them again. Even though you talked to them yesterday, it's a new person that you're meeting the next day. And so it requires this sense of openness and understanding and acceptance that I just think I might have been too immature to, too immature and inexperienced in practicing for myself to be able to practice for another person. And so this program was a really big um, learning tool for me to learn how to listen, number one, and learn how to be responsive instead of reactive, which that's been an ongoing learning process for me, Um, and to also learn how to hold space and, you know, figure out when it's appropriate to talk and put your opinion in and when it's appropriate to sit back and just let other people um, express themselves. And I personally found that I enjoy listening to other people's perspectives. I hear my own perspectives all day. Like, I don't need to fucking hear those again coming out of my face, unless it's relevant to the topic or useful to another human. But most, most of what I'm being called to do is to listen lately and to just really take in what people say and not even just listen to their words, but listen to their actions and observe their actions and observe how they do things. And that will tell you so much about not only them but yourself and it was really kind of cool because I when I signed up for this yoga teacher program you know they make you do an application and all that and you know she asked basic questions like what's your experience with yoga how long have you been practicing do you have a home practice Um, what yoga books have you read already she just wants to get a feel for where you're at you know and then She asked kind of like, what's your intention? Like, why did you want to do this training? What are you looking to gain out of it? And I put that I wanted to gain a better sense of what community means and um, a better sense of how to practice and cultivate that. And ironically, for my final teaching, you know, we had to do like a class, a 60 minute class um, with no help. She's just in the corner kind of like, you know, taking notes and stuff. Um, and we just talked to our classmates, so it was super comfortable, super fun. I really enjoyed teaching the final. Um, I really put my heart into it, for reals. <laughs> and I had a really good time. But um, ironically, my, we all got assigned a spiritual topic to discuss at the beginning of our final classes. And my topic was Kula, which means community or tribe or clan of the heart. And I just thought, like... How, how cool. And I, I even asked her, like, did you go back into our applications and, like, remember what, what our intentions were before you picked our topics for sp- the spiritual topic? And she said no. She just kind of, like, you know, thought about each topic and decided which one it would fit with the best, which person it would fit with the best. And I got community. And I was like, you got to be fucking kidding me because that's what I came here for. <laughs> now I'm about to teach about it. So it was really kind of cool to have it come full circle like that. Um, and I learned so much about community like I had all of these ideas that you know a community had to be perfect and those people had to agree with everything you think about life and like be on the same level the same vibe and you know your vibe attracts your tribe like that kind of shit and I caution people on on believing that because community can be created in any moment. It doesn't have to be with someone who shares your beliefs. It doesn't have to be with someone who looks the same as you. It doesn't have to be with someone who likes to shop at the same place, drives a similar car, has a similar job. None of those things. We don't have to be the same at all. We can be entirely different. And I learned that community has way less to do with what's going on on the outside and much more to do with looking people in their eyes, really honestly attending to them when they're when they're speaking to you or gesturing to you really honestly being present while they're there and loving them in that way without having to say like look I'm giving you community like that's fucking dumb you don't have to do that but and like being able to be open to another human laying out their emotions for you in front of you because a lot of people I mean I say a lot of people but mostly I'm talking about myself I used to think that that would be burdensome you know like wow, that requires a lot of energy and time. And, you know, I don't want to deal with someone else's issues. I got enough issues of my own. And like, you know, that's kind of what my mentality was around community for a little while. Um, And I don't, I'm not really sure why that was the way it was, but um, it's just, it's just interesting (laughs) how perspectives can change based on experiences you have. And My perspective on community has definitely changed. Um, You know, it's much more simple than we think. And I I was thinking the other day, too, about this topic. And, you know, my husband, Tom, and I were sitting there watching Seinfeld or whatever. And, you know, I'm digging Seinfeld. It's fucking hilarious. And (laughs) there's, like, just really funny humor in it. And I was thinking about how a whole lot of us will sit... In front of a screen and watch humans and give space for humans that are acting on a tv show you know because they're predictable they're not going to give us all their baggage they're going to make us laugh they're reliable they're the same when we come on you know when we turn it off at night and then we come back to it the next night it's the same characters but humans don't work that way and i just find it ironic how much we take comfort in screen screen connections and screen humans and people we can't actually touch or see um, in real time and how that makes a huge difference and it's ironic how I feel like in this day and age we're becoming more and more comfortable with screen time and screen people and videos and connecting to humans without actually connecting to them on a physical plane that we f- are forgetting what it means to connect on a physical plane <laughs> you know like we're super nice to our Instagram friends, we like all their shit you know we blow it up we share it, they share it, we share it. It's a bunch of share, 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 share. And then like when we get to our job or maybe sometimes even at home, we don't talk so nicely to our partners or we're shut off and, you know, in a rush when we're at, when we're ordering food or going to get coffee. Like, you know, I like to, I've been trying to make it a practice to use those little moments like in the grocery store or wherever you fucking are in the randomness of your day like finding a human being looking them in the eyes and doing something for them that's kind or telling them something that may lift them up or um you know taking a moment to listen to how they're feeling or how their day is going it doesn't take a whole lot of time and sometimes it does and if it does you know life goes on and you can (laughs) you can reschedule your day if you need to or whatever but um, I just think it's so worth it and it's a piece of our humanness that I feel like is fading and that's a little scary to me a little bit <laughs> because it's, it's the heart of our culture as humans not culture in America not culture in you know, the Middle East or whatever, South America not that kind of culture but like human culture what it is to be human and that we are people people like we need people And I I hated to, I did not like that truth. (laughs) I wanted to believe that I could do it all by myself and that people were more of a hindrance than a help. And, um, in most cases, and in some cases I've had experiences that have told me that, that people are more of a hindrance than a help, particularly the the demanding aspect of my job and the last setting I was in. Um, I loved my patients. I loved working with them. It was very, very hard work real vulnerable work but at the end of the day I was like Motherfuck, people are exhausting like they drain my energy but it's a different setting it's a different situation and um you know it's a much more vulnerable charged heavy way to be dealing with people than like everyday life you know when you're like I said in the grocery store and so I just it's been quite an awakening as far as community goes and I know I hear my my older clients and patients thank god I work with old folks because man they just pour so much wisdom onto me without me even knowing it sometimes they're it's not like they're sharing words of wisdom sometimes it's them being a fucking asshole and I'm like wow that's what not to do when I'm 80 you know (laughs) like and other times it's like legit you know wise old human telling me some some words that will really help um and one of the things that I've picked up from those people, the group, the, the millions of people that I've worked with in therapy, is that as you get older, it's really about the people, like community over everything, because you get to a point where you start realizing that, one, you can't do it by yourself. You really can't. And it's, it always works out way better when you have a team. And eventually, if you try to take it all on by yourself, you will burn the fuck out and I've been there where I've burned myself out it's in yoga teacher training I mean not training but in teaching yoga When before I was trained you know I I would plan every class and you know try to make every class like a fucking enlightening eye-opening mind-busting class and that shit was exhausting I didn't have anyone really mentoring me at the time. I mean, I kind of did, but not as far as, like, sequencing classes and teaching and all that stuff. It was more just, like, mentoring in a little bit of business, I suppose. But, you know, my teacher, Paul Check he says that you can't make honey alone. Bees, he, sa- he said he learned that from the bees, bee medicine, um, that you can't make honey alone. We need each other to carry on in our lives and... Even if, I mean, even on the most fundamental level, like, to work my job, I need a car. I didn't build this car. I'm sure, like, at least probably 300 or more, maybe even more than that, people were in in cahoots together to put this car together, and now I have this car so that I can have a job and feed myself. So, like, even on the most basic level, we somebody else has done something for you to be able to be doing what you are today, and I just am really hoping to make it a better practice in my own life to make that be grateful for that and like show show that to other people and to really hold people when i can obviously you know there are times where it is appropriate to isolate yourself and to take time to yourself and to create space where you can be alone and i personally have gotten extremely comfortable being alone i love being by myself um i mean not by myself like obviously I'm married so I love being with my husband too but man personal time is like it is something that you need you really need it and if you don't if you spend a whole bunch of time and you never take it, it ooh, it's gonna get you later it's gonna get you somehow emotionally physically by some illness who knows how it's coming at you but it's important to take time to yourself I think and I definitely know it's important for me to take time to myself and when I do that Then I feel more ready, more charged, more available, more present for the times that it's appropriate to practice community. So, man, like I said, it's been a fucking ride and I've really enjoyed it. Um, Pranava will always be my yoga home since I did my teacher training there. And like, man, my, my instructor Heather, like God, she is so real. Like she doesn't leave anything out. She tries to be as clear and transparent about things as possible I asked her a bunch of really personal questions, and she just like laid her heart out with no hesitation. And like, what a what an example for real when it comes to community. So I was really really glad that something had called me to Pranava to take that teacher training. And um, you know, there's a lot of different yoga studios in the states, a ton, and they're all very very different from each other. And you know, there's more westernized yoga and there's more like traditional based yoga that tries to stick to the Eastern philosophies and practices. And personally, I've been, I was always attracted to the weirdness of yoga. Like I like the weirdness. People will be put off by it. They hear you say Om Shanti Shanti and they're like, what the fuck? Get away from me. Right? Like they think you're fucking cursing them and bringing demons along. But Om Shanti Shanti really means like God, peace, peace, peace. But anywho, I like that stuff. And I, when I found out that the studio did chanting, that the studio, um, got up and in practice community by having people leave their mats and go say hi to each other and check in and say how you're doing, give people hugs, like giving, giving touch like that. Like people don't get that enough. And I'm fortunate enough where, you know, we Tom and I train jujitsu and like we get a lot of fucking contact. (laughs) Like you get pretty close with your jujitsu buddies because it's just the nature of the sport. Um but for other people that are just like, you know, the general population, like we don't we don't hug strangers anymore. We don't hug each other anymore. I mean it's unless unless you're like really good friends, you know, and we used to be hugging all the time. And hugs are important. It's how we connect our hearts together. And so I just really liked that part. I love that about Pranava. Um, they like, there's some real yogis. They do, they do some real yoga and obviously like the yoga community is going to attract people who aren't in it for that. And that's totally fine. They're, they're in their journey wherever they are. And that's, that's where they are. But, um, you know, the, the main crew at Pranava is very, very heart centered and very, very people centered. And, um, You know, they have just really good intention. And I know that it's not so much about the fancy postures. It's not about what you're wearing and what color your mala beads are and what kind of yoga mat you have. Like, they don't give a shit. They want the world to be a better place. And that's just a really cool vibe and experience to be a part of. So I was just, whoa, rolling. So excited to be finished, to have my weekends back, and that I made the decision to train with them. Something else really cool about the graduation was that We, um, you know, we did a little potluck or whatnot and Heather made beads like mala beads, which are meditation beads, kind of like a, um, a rosary, but yoga version, I guess. And they were, um, they're really cute. They have like, they're made out of lava beads and then they have a few like chakra color beads. And then at the, the guru bead or that big bead at the end, um, was coordinated to a specific chakra. So like, and there's eight chakras, if you don't know about chakras, um, and chakras are, some people hear chakra and they're like, oh my god, it's the woo, run, woo, woo, run away. But really, chakras are, have been discovered and proved by science as well. They're neural complexes, these little bundle areas of really dense nerves that come from our spine. And they, you know, they're just uh, kind of condensed in specific areas up and along our spine to then help our bodies function and so that's how you can say chakra in a science way if you're interested but um each bead had a chakra correlation so like you know each chakra has a color has a sound it has a each chakra has like digestive connection or not digestive but connections to the physical aspects of the body like um for example the second chakra the sacral chakra is connected to like sexual or- sex organs and the bladder and just things in that area. Well, obviously mm-hmm. solar plexus is connected to the stomach and digestion and the organs, um, just things like that. And so we all picked, so she had them in a bag, like a mystery bag. And we went up and got our little certificate and took our picture. And then we picked out of the mystery bag to see what, um, little bead setup we would get. And we all got, so mind you, There's eight of us, okay? So there's eight chakras. How perfect and fitting. Actually, there's seven chakras, I think. Yeah, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I guess there's eight. Maybe somebody. Well, anyway, moving on. Um, Maybe there was nine of us. I honestly can't remember, but I think there's seven or eight chakras, and um, we all happened to pick a different one, and. The, the people who picked the specific chakra, like, it went with them. If you could form our whole group and create a new human being out of it, and each one of us had to be responsible for a specific aspect of that human's chakra makeup, like, it fit so perfect. It was stupid. Like, we had one guy in our class, and he picked a ba- um, the root chakra, and then we had kind of an older lady who... was super young at heart. I say older lady but like seriously she I could have but she's one of my really good friends now. Um she has like a lot of mother things going on and is transitioning in and out of motherhood and has a very like motherly vibe and she picked the root chakra as well. So like if you're gonna have safety and security in your root chakra you got it's, I mean it comes down the root is all about family and connection and, and community and safety and security um, and sustenance. And you know moms always want to keep the sustenance going. They want their kids to be well fed well cared for you know and so it's kind of ironic that the only guy he got the father role basically and our motherliest mother person picked the, other, the uh, also picked a root chakra bead. And then moving up, um, one of our other classmates, she's, like, literally just turned her life upside down. she was about to, she's moving her whole life over, like, on the other side of the States. And literally left, like, the day after our graduation, like, that morning, early morning. She woke up at, like, 3 a.m. and got on a plane and she's, boom, changing her life. And she got all set up over there. And I just thought it was ironic. She got the um, sacral chakra which is about creativity, going with the flow, transformation, transitions. Um, and it's just like, it's just interesting how it fit because that's per, like, she has to learn how to go with the flow now that she's transitioning her life and starting a new chapter, starting to grow a new community, starting her, she just got her teacher training. So it's time to like start that she's on, on all these new beginnings. Um, and that. Chakra, the sacral chakra, is also about like belonging, like a sense of feeling loved and be, like you belong in where you are. So it's just kind of cool that she is moving to a new place and her focus or her bead is about belonging. <laughs> like, I just, it was just very interesting. And then I got the solar plexus chakra, and that's yellow. It represents our inner sun, um, it has to do with willpower, confidence. Um, your ability to, quote, stomach life. And it's just so funny because I went in, you know, I did all this work and research on my own, and I was, like, constantly flooding myself with this information about yoga so I could teach better before I was being certified, before being certified. And it was exhausting, and I still felt extremely... I didn't have a lot of confidence. I was worried that, like, oh, I don't have the certificate. You've already written me off. You don't want to practice because, you know, I didn't get validated by the yoga community that I'm a certified yoga instructor. So, like, I just had a very, very faltery confidence in my ability to teach yoga and in a lot of other aspects of my life, too. I mean, confidence has been a huge theme and thread throughout my life to start cultivating and growing and transforming into a positive self-reference and self-esteem and ironically throughout the program you know my role in the group had a lot you know I had a lot of confidence because I'd already done all of the work before so it was just like demonstrating to myself like look bitch you got it you got it it's okay you're gonna be okay you're doing fine like trust in yourself just keep going and I just thought like holy shit how how does this all commute like Come together in such a beautiful, synchronized way. So it was kind of cool because I definitely felt like I brought sunshine on days where people were not bringing the sunshine and kept the sunshine going as long as I could and stayed confident and clear in my practices and my sharing and my listening and all of that. And so just super fitting. And then um, our other, the heart chakra went to. Uh, another one of our classmates who is su- also very motherly, but she has a seriously big heart for ch- like children, and she has a very childish, like, you know, like a bright inner child. She's a little bit older. She's got four kids. I mean, talking about motherhood, she's got four babies. Okay, and they're not all babies, but four kids. Um, she's she's been a coach and a teacher for like a very long time of different sports, gymnastics, swimming, all kinds of stuff. And so to be able to teach someone and to be able to hold someone through a process takes a very kind and caring and supportive heart. And I just thought how perfect because she, she is the heart. I mean, she, she brought like a bunch of food for us before the potluck to make sure, cause she knew we were going to be doing hours and hours of yoga classes. She's like, we got to stay fueled people, like eat this stuff. She'd always open up her house for us to come and practice if we needed to. She coordinated the Facebook group. She coordinated all kinds of stuff. And just like really represented that connectivity and tried to create community um, from the heart. Kula. So it's just kind of cool that she got the heart chakra. I'm just like, gosh, this is all fucking nuts how it all lined up. Um, Our classmate who got the throat chakra is like the most fitting to get the throat chakra. She is super grounded in who she is. She is super confident in her words and her um, she actually has a, quite a gift with words, and wrote, we got to hear a lot of her poetry, and um, a lot of her, like, kind of musings as we discussed topics, she would kind of come up with these little clever little rhymes, and she's well, very well read, and um, as far as, like, philosophy goes and such, and, you know, when it came time to vocalize things, or to share, like, she would always be the first to set the tone, and, like, just get it out there, and, so it makes sense that she had the throat chakra because that chakra is all about voicing your opinion, being heard, feeling firm in your words and safe in what you're saying and grounded in who you are. And, uh, it's also about listening too. And I think she's also a pretty good listener. Um, so it's kind of just, like I said, it's just weird how it all lined up. The last two chakras, um, somebody got the third eye chakra and this person who got the third eye chakra has been meditating for years and got into Buddhism before even doing the yoga, the physical part of yoga. Um, and meditation, I mean, if you if you think about meditation, it is pretty much third eye chakra. Like the traditional way to meditate is to sit, cross leg with your hands in a mudra, eyes closed, and you're kind of like crossing your eyes, looking in between your eyebrows with your eyes closed. And so it's all about the third eye and opening up that space for intuition and understanding um, and trusting your instincts. And I, I love this lady. She uh, She's very, very sweet. She has a lot of formal training and she's very academic. And so I can see how the third eye chakra is what she needed because, you know, when you can be, when you get formally trained for, t- for so long, you kind of get this idea that you have to follow the rules all the time or it's wrong. And you can't, then it's not really practicing and you're not really doing this. And like, sometimes you got to learn the rules to bend them a little bit. So for example, like, you know, pranayama or breath work, traditionally, you should be sitting in a meditation posture, long spine, you know, you want the ribs to be nice and loose and open, have a lot of space to move the air with ease. But... Um, some people would think like, okay, well, I can't practice pranayama unless I'm on my meditation cushion. I'm sitting on my carpet. I'm in front of my altar. I've got perfect posture. Everything's perfect, like. But in reality, you can practice pranayama while you're doing the dishes. You can practice pranayama while you're washing laundry. While you're driving in the car. Certain pranayamas, not all. Um, we have that tool with us all the time, and sometimes the rigidity of formality can confuse us and make us forget that the tool can be used in whatever context you need and so I just thought it was cool because I think she could benefit from that understanding and benefit from becoming more intuitive with her practices and less regimented with how they have to be you know and then finally we have our our last student Um, she is like literally taking on a whole bunch of shit she just got her 200 hour teacher training she's about to open her own studio um, for the first time and It's a lot and she got the crown chakra and the crown chakra has all to do with being held knowing that you have a connection to something bigger than you Um, knowing that your purpose is unfolding and that you are divine and perfect exactly how you are you know like even in being imperfect you're still divine as fuck and you're still worthy and holy and all those beautiful wonderful shiny words and I just think it's great because I, I asked my teacher about what it's like to own a studio and like some, like I said, some personal questions. I'm not going to get into those cause she shared those in, you know, not secrecy, but you know, out of, out of respect, it's not my place to share her answers. But, um, I just think that the crown chakra, like sh- she's based on what I've learned about what it is to be a studio owner. It is hard fucking work and it will be, it's super easy to lose sight of your own divinity of your own worth of a whole lot of stuff because there's a whole lot of stuff going on you can get totally lost in the chaos and drama of what it is to be a studio owner and so I just think it was perfect like damn (laughs) how did we all get the chakra that we one represented or two really needed to focus on in our lives Um, I just thought it was so cool how that worked out and we all all got a different chakra except the, the two so that yeah there is seven then root chakra, sacral chakra, solar plexus, heart chakra, throat chakra, third eye, and crown chakra. So, how freaking cool, right? So, needless to say, the program was amazing. Um, I really did feel like I got a better sense of community. And, you know, when I had to give my spiritual topic discussion during my class about community... I didn't even plan for much of the stuff that came through, which is why one reason I really love teaching yoga because when you get lost in the process of helping people feel their bodies and helping people um, gain a better sense of play and exploration and a better sense of like pressure-free movement, where you don't have to be a superstar in yoga, <laughs> you don't have to you know touch your toes to your head or whatever. Um, when you get lost in that certain things start to come through that you're like, wow, I would have never thought of that, (laughs) but it sounds like these people could use this right now, sounds like these people could use this, and one of the things that came about community was that, the idea that, you know, when you're in community, it can be like being inside of a house of mirrors, where each person you're looking at is a different kind of mirror, with a different filter on it, or a different, um, like a different frame, or whatever, all the mirrors are different, but they're all reflecting you back to you. And sometimes that reflection doesn't like, you know, sometimes it's not the prettiest thing. Sometimes you see a whole lot of love in someone and then you're like, wow, that amount of love in them is also present and can be present within me. Holy crap. And then sometimes you encounter someone who's having a bad day and they're being an asshole and they're kind of rude or whatever. And then you realize, wow, that's what I could look like when I have a bad day and then am being an asshole. Like you can see the spectrum of all possibilities when you are surrounded by community possibilities in yourself and, po- and and things that you might have not even been able to notice back back in the day or now or whatever, where you're like, wow, I wonder why I really dislike that thing and that person. And usually it's because you really dislike it in yourself and it's been something that's been holding you back or, or some, something along those lines. Um, or you can be like, wow, look at how look at how confident and hardworking that person is. Like that is my potential too. I could be as hardworking and confident as well. Like you can, community is a tool just like anything else. And when you see it, when you see people as mirrors, you're, it's less, you're less likely to get afraid unless you're afraid of yourself. And if you're afraid of yourself, you got a lot of work to do (laughs) because you're with yourself all the time. You shouldn't be afraid of yourself. Um, I shouldn't say shouldn't, it's Sometimes normal and natural to be afraid of yourself, but um, when you learn that you don't need to be afraid of yourself, it's more easy to accept community and use those t- those mirrors as a tool, because each each person's soul is connected to the greater soul, and ultimately we're all just looking at ourselves, you know, in different in different colors, shapes, forms, attitudes, personalities, backgrounds. like all kinds, like a bunch of chaos surrounding the sameness within each of us. And it's just really cool. I just think that's really cool because there are days and times where I feel alone in the world. And there are times where I feel like nobody understands what is going on in my head or nobody understands how I feel. Um, and I just, when I think about community and I think about Kula and the house of mirrors and all that jazz, like I'm reminded that someone, somewhere in the world at this very moment is feeling or doing the exact same thing that I'm doing right now. And I can't see them, I can't hear them, but I know that they exist. And that reminds me that I'm held, I'm always held, I'm never alone. There's people everywhere, there are sounds, life is everywhere. And in some ways we can, almost can't escape it, <laughs> like it's kind of crazy. So man, I'm just super grateful for that program because I really feel like it gave me a better attitude about service. It gave me a better understanding of what it means to love on our community and to create community. And it gave me a better sense and confidence in being grounded in who I am in the midst of community. Because a lot of times I would be afraid of community because I felt like I was so easily swayed to one side or the other, or, you know, like peer pressured into this or like, you know, end up doing this, even though I didn't really want to do it, but everybody else wanted to do it. So I just went along. Like, I don't, I don't do that anymore. <laughs> like I, and it's not a per, it's not anything personal to the people in that community, but I'm going to, I'm going to give you and show you community the way I can do it best and without burning myself out. And You know, Some people may see it and be like, wow, that's real love right there, and some people might not see it, and that's cool too, but I know that the intention was love, and that's all that really matters. So, long story short, I'm done, and I'm super duper grateful for everything that I've been through in the program. I'm super grateful for it to be over as well. (laughs) Not that I didn't have a good time, but man, I learned real quick that you cannot spread yourself too thin, um, and... Try to do all the things at once. It is not a good idea. (laughs) And as my wonderful hubby would say, chase two rabbits, catch none. (laughs) I love that saying. Just pursue one rabbit at a time, pretty much. And so now I'm done pursuing the whole yoga thing. I do plan to teach, hopefully at my gym, which would be great. Um, Because I, I, man, I can speak to the warrior for sure (laughs) when it comes to yoga and how to use yoga as a tool to make you a better warrior. So, um, really excited about that. And yeah, that's really it. I think I'm going to go ahead and close this podcast out now. Thanks so much for listening. Um, if you're thinking about doing a teacher training yourself, my advice to you is to do as much work as you can on your own first. It's going to make it so much easier, so much less stressful And if you really do have a passion for yoga, that won't be a problem. You'll be, you'll already be doing that. You'll already be reading. You'll already be looking into the ancient texts and the older um, foundational fathers of yoga and their books. And you'll, you'll scratch a little bit deeper on your own if you're very interested, but I would recommend doing that first and then hop around a few studios and spend some time there, you know, like, and by time, I mean like a month or so, you know? Go practice at that studio for a month or so. Get to know the people. Ask questions. um, Try to learn and listen and observe from them and see. You'll be able to know if you resonate with those people and if that's the training group for you or the training school. Um, I was lucky. I I went to two yoga studios, I'm pretty sure, in town in the last two years. (laughs) Literally didn't go back to any of them. Went to Pranava and, like, kept going back. And that's how I knew, like, yeah, if something's going to pull me out of bed at 5 a.m., do some fancy stretches like probably that's my kool-aid that i need to go and hang out and drink (laughs) don't drink the kool-aid just kidding (laughs) but um that's my advice you there's so much that you can do on your own but at a certain point it's very beneficial to have community there just to be keep you in check to reflect to be able to see yourself without deluding yourself (laughs) very important anyway Until the next podcast, please take very good care of yourself. I say, good day.